you have a Bible, please turn to Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothed you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you have did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did not to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal or everlasting life. You know, we read this, people read this, they kind of pick up ministries and they take this out. And they say, well, some say, well, this is the goat. In the sheep parable, you know, it doesn't seem like a parable because he doesn't say words like like. Or, I mean, he used metaphoric terms, you know, goat, sheep to describe people. It's not just about goats and sheep here because he says goats, sheep, goat. Then he'll say brethren. So there's three groups here. There's more than just two groups. The sheep and the goat will be separated. But it's three groups he's going to mention here in this particular passage, you know, as you study the word. So most people get into dispute. Is this a parable or not a parable? I don't think that's the main point here. And the main focus is his second coming and the judgment to come. This is Christ coming, his second coming. You know, you read all through Revelation, you know, chapter 6, all the way to chapter 19, we have the second coming of Christ. That's not the rapture. The rapture is when Christ snatches the church out of here. The second coming is when we come back with Christ and he sets up his kingdom for a thousand years, what we call the millennium or the kingdom age. So it's a big difference, you know, that's going on here. A preterist would never look at this this way. 
You know, they were a millennial, you know, a, a mill guys or whatever. They would never look at this this way. They would think of this as being something related to in AD 70 or something like that, or Titus Vespasian, just, you know, destroying Jerusalem and coming back or something like that. It has nothing to do with that. Because when you look at the language, you see that he's talking about his second coming. He's concluding this alivet discourse. And the first thing he says, when the Son of Man comes. He didn't say this is like when the Son of Man comes. This is something like this. When he teaches, oftentimes when Christ teaches, he would use parables. Parabolo, you know, para besides ballo to throw. We get the word ball from para, like parachute, support, throw aside. He would take a natural story and lay aside the spiritual truth that they would understand in that culture if you understood the culture of that day. Those were parables. Here it seems like he's being direct and more emphatic. He didn't say if or maybe. He says when the Son of Man comes. Notice that. This is what a shadow of a doubt when he comes, it says, in his glory, and this is the second coming. You know, remember he talked about his glory and how the, the, the apostles would, you know, judge the 12 tribes of Israel and so forth in Matthew nineteen twenty-eight. Now he's talking about it again. He says, in his glory <clears throat> and all the angels with him, then he, meaning Christ, will sit on the throne of of his glory. Now he moves us where Christ comes back to earth, you know, to set up an earthly kingdom. A thousand years. A thousand years he'll set up his kingdom, and, you know, a thousand years, and he will rule <clears throat> from J- Jerusalem with, you know, almost like a rod of iron. It says in Revelation 19, you know, verse 15, a rod of iron. He'll rule. There will be nobody coming against him. I mean, nobody said, well, I got another ideal about who should be the leader. of the, And then he's going to be the leader of the whole entire, entire world. It's going to be Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so there's three groups going on here. So the sheep during this time of the tribulation period are those who come to faith in Christ. Those are the ones who support the Jews who will be, you know, uh, almost, almost try, almost be eradicated if he could, if he could, the Antichrist. You know, during the, you know, the abomination, desolation mention of Daniel, they will flee. So it says the sheep will be those who believe in Christ. They'll support the Jews, you know, and, and the, 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 the evidence of their salvation is, you know, like James says in James 2.26, you know, it's going to be their good works in a sense towards God's people. And they're still fulfilling this, the, Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant. That particular covenant, it never changes even during the tribulation period. It never changes. This never changes when God told Abraham that he says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. It still stands true even to the day. The Bible says, pray for the peace in Jerusalem. You know, in Psalm you know, 122, verse 6. And here it says, these Sheep, they will be the ones that would be a part of this whole sense of helping the Jews. And then the goats, who are the goats? It doesn't mean the greatest of all time here, because there's goats with an S, not the goat, goats. The goats are those who are unbelievers, those who will follow the Antichrist, they will be 
anti-Semitic in their approach. They will hate the Jews. These are the goats. These are the, the goats. And then he says, and my brethren. He'll say, my brethren, speaking of the Jews, those who are Jewish. Those who are Jewish. And we know that you'll have the 144,000 Jews for sure. They know where, they, they never lose their life during the tribulation period. They're sealed. And then you'll have all those others who will believe in Jesus Christ who are Jewish descent. And so here he's talking about three different groups. So don't forget that. So the sheep and his brethren will go into the kingdom age in their natural bodies. So listen how this works. We'll come back with Christ reign for a thousand years. We'll all have glorified bodies. We'll all have glorified bodies. When he set up shop here on earth for a thousand years, those who survived the tribulation period would go over into the kingdom age in their natural body. So they'll still be able to die. We won't be able to die. And because they believed when they die, they'll, you know, be, resur you know, be resurrected, you know, with new bodies eventually. But here, this is an interesting passage. But the goats... We know where the goats are. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15, they are going to stand before the great white throne judgment. Those are those whose names were not found in the book of life. They are the goats. So this is, makes this passage much different than most people try to read this. They try to get like ministries out of this, like, oh, you visit the sick, you visit the poor, you visit. And it's not really talking about that, but this is Jesus at his return, coming to judge the nations and, and, you know, and then set up his kingdom. And it says, verse 32, all the kingdoms will be emphatic, gathered before him, speaking of Christ, and notice, and he will separate them from one another as a shepherd divides, is the uh, a forizo in the Greek is the word that means, it's almost, it's an interesting Greek word because it's a verb, it's in the present tense. It's, you know, the active voice, indicative mood. This is, you know, it's third person singular. It says, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. This imagery, if you lived in Israel, you would understand this imagery. Because the shepherd, sometimes the sheep and the goat would all be sort of amalgamated in together as they went and journeyed or whatever. The goats were black. In Israel, the goats are black. In Israel, the sheep, white sheep, you know. And you can see the difference. Is, is You can see a black sheep from a, a, you know, a, a black goat from a white sheep. They don't look nothing alike. They don't even have, they don't even act alike. Sheeps go bad, and goats go word. Another word, voice or something. I think it's something like that. They're just different. So they don't even look the same. So you can distinguish one from another. Christ can distinguish one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he, notice this capital he in verse 33, speaking of Christ, he's speaking of himself, for he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. I think it's better to be somebody right-hand man than a left-hand man in this particular case. You know, <laughs> this is not the church he's talking about when he's used the word sheep, but those who survived the tribulation and believe in Jesus Christ for salvation, you know, they'll have their normal bodies, like I said earlier, while we, the church, would have glorified bodies, but this is the sheep who survived the tribulation period, those who believe in Jesus Christ. 
And because we're completely clothed in the righteousness of Christ because we accepted Christ. And we'll come back and rule with him in righteousness. And it says, and he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Notice, then the king, notice, will say to those on his right hand, this is the sheep, not the church, the sheep who survived the tribulation period. The king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. From the foundation of the world. Isn't it interesting because the disciples, they had a question for Jesus in chapter 24, verse 3. Remember when they asked Jesus the question, when he sat, when he began this livid discourse in Matthew 24, verse 3, they had a question for Christ. And now it seems like he's answering this question because they asked the question and they came to him privately. Some say it was four of his, you know, Peter, James, John, and Andrew. They came to him privately in Mark's gospel, it says, and it says, they said, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age they ask that question and here Christ is saying let me tell you something then the king this is the first time in, in, in the book of Matthew where Jesus calls himself the king he'll call himself the king again in verse 40 of the same chapter but he says the king will say to those on his right hand the sheep come you blessed of my father Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. His second coming. This is the inauguration of his kingdom, led by the king of glory. And, and that's going to set here, you know, the, the, the course of a thousand years. It doesn't mean all the sheep that goes into the millennium kingdom will live a thousand years. It doesn't mean that. But they'll have natural bodies and they'll still die. But we'll reign with them for a thousand years. We will reign with him for a thousand years. And look how now he addresses the sheep. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous, these sheep, will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothed you and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? The church should do all these things they're talking about. We should visit the sick. You know, we should, you know, clothe the person that's destitute of clothes. We should feed the hungry. We, you know, the church should do these things. But in the context, he's talking about those who supported the Jews during the tribulation period. That's the context of this. We should meet urgent needs. The Bible says that Titus chapter 3, verse 14, I believe, says meet urgent needs. That's what the Bible says. We should meet urgent feed the hungry, clothe the barren, help the stranger, visit those who are sick or in prison. These are all good works, but those good works don't save us because we don't do good works to get saved. We do good works because we are saved. You know, James says, someone to say to you, hey, you know, somebody said say to you, you have faith and I have works. And James said, the Lord's brother says, show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. 
And the king, they said, Lord, oh, when did we see you sick? The king will answer and say to them, now this is the king. Now, who is the king? Jesus is the king. Do you know that Jesus is the king? He's the, who is this king of glory? Jesus Christ is the king of king, Lord of lords. It says that in the Bible at least three times in 1 Timothy 6.15, Revelation 7, 17.14, Revelation 19.16. He's called the king of kings and Lord of lords. You should say, amen, think I got the right king. Look, King David, who was the king of Israel, you know, when he dies... He's called the sweet psalmist of Israel in 2 Samuel 23, verse 1. The sweet psalmist of Israel. David wrote Psalm 24. And you know what David wrote in Psalm 24? He said that, who is this king of glory? Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. He writes about Christ. And the king of the world. He's the king of the Jews also. Remember when Pilate put over his <laughs> put over the cross, he says, no, no, no. Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and he says, and the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. And the Jews, the religious leaders, came back to him and said, You gotta take that thing. He said, It is what it is. Paraphrasing. And here it says, And the king will answer and say to them, Surely I say to you. Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, notice the key word here, if you understand what's going on in this passage, my brethren, my brethren. This is the second coming of Christ. He's talking about the Jews, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Now, he uses the word brethren. It's interesting. The Lord brother James in the book of James. I love the book of James, one of my favorite epistles or letters. James says brethren 19 times. 19 times he uses the word brethren. Only seven times in the gospel does Jesus say brethren. And out of those seven times, three out of those seven times, he's saying brethren in his glorified body. When he comes back, his resurrected body. He'll say brethren in Matthew 28, 20. He'll say it in John 20, 17. This is the resurrected Lord. He'll say it in John 21, 23. He'll say brethren. So he only called his Jewish disciples brethren. Nowhere else did he call anybody else brethren. He never called the Gentile brethren. He says, brethren, so we know that he's speaking of the Jews here. That's how we know that. That's how people mess this passage up because they take it all and say, well, this is about helping the ministry and helping people. It's not talking about that. It's not really talking about that. This is speaking of the Jews who survived the tribulation period. My brethren. And during the tribulation period, only once in the entire Bible, only one time in the entire Bible, you go get a concordance or look it up, Google it. Only one time in the Bible will you see these two words together. Two-thirds. Two-thirds. Because the Antichrist, he will try to slaughter as many of the Jews as he can. When you read the prophet Zechariah, he uses the word two-thirds in Zechariah 13, verse 8. He's talking about two-thirds of the, the Jews will be cut off and die at the hand of the Antichrist. The Holocaust was horrible. But could you imagine during the tribulation period? It's two-thirds. Two-thirds. 
What is it, like 18 million Jews in the world? And those who survive, they'll flee to Petra. Petra, a city about the size of Manhattan, New York. They will flee to Petra, and then they will be ministered to there. They will escape. They will go, you remember in Matthew 24, 16, Isaiah 2, um, Revelation chapter 12, they will flee to Petra. And that's where they will be ministered to. They'll be clothed. They'll be fed. You know, they'll be visited. They'll be all those things that Jesus says that he says, and surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did this to one of the least of these my brethren. Because it's going to be a very difficult time for the Jews. And that's what he's speaking of. You did it to me. You did it to me. You, you did it to me. When you went and you, you, you said, look, that person was hungry. That Jewish man fleeing from the Antichrist was hungry. I fed him. And then they were thirsty. I gave them something to drink. They, they were strangers, nowhere to go. I took you in. When they were naked, I clothed them. When they were sick, I, I ministered to them. When they're in their sickness, in prison, I came to visit them. He's talking about the Jews. That's what he's talking about here. This is how he concludes this illicit discourse. He's talking about the Jews, my brethren, who will be on the run. Then he will say also to those on the left, the goats, those who practice anti-Semitism, those who hated the Jews, those who blaspheme the name of the Lord Jesus. Look, they're going to blaspheme God. If you read Revelation chapter 16, verses 9 through 11, Revelation 16, 21, these people who don't want Christ, after they scorched burning, and they're going to still blaspheme the name of the Lord. And hell, hell's going to come from heaven weighing about a talent. And they're still going to blaspheme the name of God. An everlasting angel will preach to God, you know, preach the, the message of the kingdom and so forth. And they still won't repent of their deeds. They won't repent. These are the goats. Hard-hearted. Hard-hearted people. And he says, then he will say to those on the left hand, the goats, depart from me, you curse, because he says, I will bless those who bless him and curse those who curse him. They don't want nothing with helping the Jews. And so you curse into the everlasting fire. And who was this fire prepared for? The devil and this, the fallen angels. Remember, we looked at that. Friday night, that a fight broke out in heaven, and one, you know, uh, 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 one portion of the angels followed Satan. This is interesting here. This is interesting here. Hell was prepared, notice, for the devil and his angels. People go to hell because they choose to follow Satan and his fallen angels. Jesus said that. He mentions Gehenna, you know, the place where the worm never dies more than anybody in the New Testament. Hell. He said, I don't want to go to hell. Well, give your life to Jesus Christ then. He said, I don't want to die and go to hell. Give your life to Jesus Christ and follow Jesus Christ. Well, I'm a member of a church, but I don't really, I'm not really committed like that to the Lord. Give your life to Christ. Well, that seems good to you, and I have nothing to do with seems good to me. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you will die and go to hell. And people say, well, I don't want to hear all of that. Well, I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. Well, I don't believe it. 
Well, would you wait and, you know, die and find, after you die and want to find out later on, like Russian roulette or something, <clears throat> with your own soul? People, churches don't even teach on hell no more. They go, oh, no, that's going to mess up our offerings. Better not talk about hell. People might, might rub somebody the wrong way, you know. I'm like, no, there's a heaven and there's a hell. And it was prepared for, you know, Satan, the devil, and his angels, and people that reject Christ will go there. And here the goats on his left, left hand side, on the left side, Christ says, no, no, no. Here you guys right here on the, you know, you guys on the left, he says, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire. I don't know about that. That don't sound good to me. I burnt my hand a week ago. I still got the mark. And it's just, it burnt, so it hurt so bad. I was like, oh my God. But imagine this was everlasting fire. I just burnt my hand on the, you know, the oven grate. And it's like stuck there for a little while. You know how that noise going, Imagine if that was all out of eternity completely. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But at this point, they've rejected Christ. Over and over again, he sent those two witnesses that's outside of Jerusalem. He has 144,000. He sends an angel to preach, and they rejected every opportunity they could have to come to Jesus Christ, and they'll be cast into out of darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And look at verse, you know, 42. Jesus addressed them. This is why. He says, for I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in, naked, and you did not clothe me, sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or as a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them. It's a conversation. He's going to answer them back. He's going to answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did not, notice, did not do it to one of the least of these, the, the Jewish person, the least of these, some, maybe some elderly lady or somebody or whatever, but they were Jewish in descent, you did not do it to me. Notice that. You didn't do it to me. Why well, didn't do it to me? Because they hated the Jews. The Antichrist is, when you see Antichrist, most people think that means opposite of Christ. Well, it could mean that, but it also means instead of Christ. Somebody that's instead of Christ trying to depict themselves as being Christ in which they are not Christ. They're sitting in a place where they don't belong. And he's going to, you know, deceive the Jews and make himself like he's a god. And they're going to realize that he's not. Because when you see the desolation of abomination, you know, or you see Daniel, when you see the abomination of a desolation, when you see these things happen, and some will say that they are the Christ and they are not Christ. Some will come in my name. In John's gospel, he says, one will come in his own name and you will receive it. He's talking about the Antichrist. What does he look like? I'm sure he's smooth as butter. 
I'm sure he's not going to be somebody with horns and a red suit on and a tail. He's not, that's not going to be the Antichrist. I'm sure. He's going to be somebody that's going to be a great negotiator. Somebody that's people going to say, oh, man. You remember that slogan, hey, vote for me and I'll set you free. He's going to be one of those kind of people. Smooth sailing. And everybody goes, man, this guy is so good. He is so wonderful. He's so wonderful. And then he's going to deceive the world. They're going to believe the lie. God's going to give them over to a great delusion. And they're going to believe the Antichrist, the son of perdition. The one who's the, the, the son that, you know, he's an evil man but looks good on the outside. That's how the world is deceived now. People love the way a, pe- a person says something as opposed to their character. They would rather hear the content of their words or the, some smooth speaking guy like, hey, you know, God said. You say, wow, that guy is so good. Did you hear how he said God? Man. I would go to that church in a minute. You're the way he said, God, God. I, mean, I just love it. You know, somebody's, oh, I'm just so moved by him, by the way he say stuff. Mm-mm-mm. He always looked nice. His wife is nice and his kids is nice. And oh, I love that church. Why? Because the pastor is so smooth. That is no reason to pick a church. It's just nonsense. Because they'll be deceived the same way, picking somebody because they look good, they may smell good, they may say the right things, but they have no substance. See, Satan knows how to disguise himself as an angel of light, the Bible says. And the Bible says, is this the one who deceives the whole world? He is the master of deception. He is the master of deception. And we should visit people. Church should be, you know, looking out for the homeless, feeding the poor. You know, visit. We do all. We've been doing this stuff for years. Some of the stuff you do behind the scene because you don't want to make yourself look like you're something. For years we've been doing different things. But he's talking about a different situation here. And he concludes this, a livid discourse with this. This is the part that blows my mind. He, the righteous will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and gave you drink? And when did we see you a stranger? Is the you, Jesus is me. Look, if you did it to them, you did it to me. And that's how he saw his brethren. And that's how he sees us too. Remember when Paul was on the road of Damascus and he said, why do you persecute me? Jesus wasn't being persecuted by Paul in the flesh, he was persecuting the church, which was the body of Christ. And here these are his brother, and he'll come back. God is not done with the nation of Israel. You just read Revelation, I mean, you read Romans rather, 9, 10, and 11. He's not done with Israel. He is not done with the nation of Israel. People say, What's all this fuss about Israel? It's the epicenter of the world. So much history about Israel. They were a nation out of their land for years. And they become a nation in 1948, May the 14th. David Ben-Gurion, you know, they become a nation. Can these dry bones live? That was a prophecy by Ezekiel 37. Can these dry bones live? It's talking about the rebirth of Israel. And then when you get to chapters 38 and 39 of Ezekiel, you see this Magog invasion, Russia. To Gorma, Turkey, and some of these other countries, this coalition of countries coming against Israel. 
They're going to get smoked. They're going to be burying them for months. If you go straight and get a pen and draw, draw straight up, Moscow, straight north of, of, of Jerusalem, they're going to make a decision, a bad decision, to come up against God's people. Why is Israel hated so much? The least of all the nations. He says, I'll make you a great nation. The Old Testament is all about Israel and it moves to Christ because the Messiah would come through Israel, through the tribe of Judah, the root of Jesse, you know, the Messiah. And he's heated and Jesus says, no, these are my brethren. These are my brethren. When they were on the run, you treated them like dirt because you wanted to follow the Antichrist. You know, that's the spirit of Antichrist, I'm sure. Anti-Semitism is from the devil, that benevolent force behind it all. Well, why was the Jews the chosen people? Because God chose them. It has nothing to do with what we think is what the Bible says. And you get saved and become a Christian, you're chosen too. <laughs> and then before the foundation of the world. And he says that, then he will ask and say to them, surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do this to one of the least of these. You did not do it to me. And notice, and these will go. It didn't say that they might go and it might happen later on. These will go into everlasting punishment, the ghosts, the unsaved, but the righteous into eternal life. Isn't that something? You read that, you start getting some insight and say, Lord, I am so glad I'm saved now. But there will be a time when Christ come back. We'll come back with him. You read the book of Jude, you know, Revelation, you know, 19, 10, 11. You, you know, we'll come back with Christ. We'll rule and reign for a thousand years. But before that's all set up, he will separate the goat from the sheep. And then he'll say, my brethren, my brethren. This is an awesome way to end this a livid discourse, this chapter. It, wasn't, it wouldn't be a chapter break because when we get to chapter 26, he says, now the came to pass when Jesus had finished all these things saying that he said to his disciples, you know that after two days is the Passover. So this is three days before his crucifixion. Three days, and he gives this awesome sermon of them. He loves these mountains or mounts or whatever, you know, the Beatitudes. He stood on that mountain and started teaching, you know, the blessedness and, you know, the, all the Beatitudes and all the things he said in, in the Sermon of the, of the Mount. And here's interesting here. This is the least of these. And we as the church should serve. We should be serving people. Servants. Serving and say, Lord, here I am. Lord, use me. It's somebody you can always serve, I guarantee you. So, Lord, use me. And we love you. Look, let's all stand up as we pray. Lord.